This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy. I have the pleasure today of introducing Richard Ward, who is a certified financial planner and a philanthropic leader. And I'd love for each of us to get to know Richard um, in terms of, Richard, who are you? Like, what would you like individuals to know about you? Well, didn't you just say it all, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me give you my short uh, introduction, if I can. Um, my purpose is really about helping more people live better lives. Um, I've been a certified financial planner for well over 30 years. Uh, these days, I tend to work with uh, mature people who uh, get it that financial success is not the only goal. Um, rather, they understand that uh, turning that success into real significance is the best way for them to live out the second half of their lives to the very fullest. And so to that end, I uh, help them discover new ways to use their skills, their experiences and resources to uh, achieve this significance, which I, I think is really the key to, um, you know, a lasting legacy and, and real fulfillment. And, and once they uh, decide they want this kind of a better future, <clears throat> I can provide the financial and philanthropic guidance that helps them achieve this significance and really live a much richer life. So how do individuals start with you? I'm going to joke with you. How do you define mature individuals? <laughs> is that a, a little older than you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> is that necessary an age thing or an attitude or the, the maturity of any, any individual of a certain age, put it that way? Well, I suppose it could be any individual of a certain uh, age or at any age, maybe uh, to a degree. But what I think you would find to be true is that once we uh, get to a certain point in life, usually around age 50 or maybe a little more, we start to see, you know, the latter years of our lives a little more clearly. Uh, when you're younger, it's easier to kind of kind of ignore that part of life for, for quite a while. And when that part of life starts to come into focus and we start thinking about that part of life, you know, we really need to decide what we, we really want to do with those years or how we're going to live out that part of life. And, you know, my contention is that um, our society has somewhat sold a, a picture of retirement, you know, for a lot of people. And, um, and that retirement is really supposed to be kind of about leisure and, and uh, enjoyment and that type of thing. All fine and good, except that you know, a 65-year-old these days has a good 20, 25 years in front of them, and that's a long time to be somewhat indulged in leisure activities, you know. Um, again, I, I, I think we all enjoy those type of things, but what I believe is that without a sense of purpose, we don't grow and evolve. And uh, if we don't grow and evolve, the flip side of that is kind of negative. We can head kind of downhill rapidly and, and oftentimes die, die right if you don't move you die there's a saying that says that if you don't move change grow whatever evolve you die yeah I think that I think that's really true to a large degree 
And, uh, you know, when you get a little older in life, and again, my mature people, uh, they can see that picture a little more clearly. And they certainly, I think, know of a number of family or friends that have gotten to that point in life. And they've seen that, you know, and they go, you know, that's not such a great picture. I don't know that I want that for my future. And so um, they either kind of stay into the, the business arena, you know, just won't retire or leave it at all because they're afraid of that. Um, uh, but those that do kind of, uh, oftentimes overlook the, the questions, you know, so, so what's going to get you up in the morning after that, you know, what are you going to be doing that's going to be rewarding and meaningful to you that gives you that sense of purpose for the years ahead. So I think it's just a really important question for all of us to consider, particularly as we get to, to be a little older than you are. <laughs> well, I joke with you about mature, right? Cause I like how you phrased it as mature because, um, you know, with the, evolutionary changes going on. I mean, if you look at the Chan Zuckerberg initiative, for an instance, right, he became a multi-million billionaire, right, at a certain age where he wasn't necessarily of that age of 50-something or 60-something. But I think in terms of finding purpose or seeking it out in his life, one could advocate that, like, even at a young age, he was probably looking for that significance and that purpose that was necessary by nature of what he had achieved at such an early age, right? In terms of. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like joking with you about mature, like being, <laughs> mature is being like the person um, in the stage of life at which they're at, which may not necessarily be a age thing, but really like stage of life, right? Like yeah. something accelerate there faster. Yeah. And we should all be, you know, so fortunate that we have more money in front of us and coming in than, than we'll ever use in our lifetime, you know, in which case, I would hope you start thinking about how you can help other people. You know, that, that I think goes hand in hand. And, and frankly, as you well know, there are a lot of young people that, that, that really take that seriously. They want to make a difference in the world. They want to help other people. And at a, an early age, even without money, they're thinking about how they can be doing uh, good in that sense. So I, I think it's, that's really terrific. Um, unfortunately for most of us, uh, and certainly my clientele, we are not in that boat. We, we are not, um, as I call it, kind of uber rich or wealthy that, that allows you to do all those things. Most of the people I work with are, you know, trying to figure out whether, you know, they can be philanthropic and support their family at the same time. You know, how do we do that? And they need to, to understand what that looks like and how they can do it. But, um, yeah, I, I think what we were just describing, and it's not the only person I help, but, but the, the, we were talking about those who get to that point in life, the mature mm-hmm. ones, uh, where they end up with a lot more time on their hands than, than they had in the past. And want a lot more money. You're not sending the kids to college, got it. Like you've been over that or you've sent them already. And so what used to maybe go pay for their college education is now disposable income that you want to know how else to use it. Well, that that's right too. You know, um, at a certain point, if we go through life on the right path and we do the right things, we're going to get to a sense of financial security, right? So, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. The college is done, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of different factors come into play that hopefully have set you up in a position to be able to um, be generous with other people and be able to help them. But I believe philanthropy comes in a couple of different forms. Yes, we can we can write the checks, we can make the donations and, and give uh, stock and other types of assets to organizations very important. We can also give our time and our, our skills and that kind of thing too. And that's very valuable in and of itself. And for many people who may not have the kind of wealth that they would like to be giving uh, organizations year in and year out, 
they oftentimes do have a wealth of knowledge and talent and skills and experience that they can offer. So there's a couple different forms of, of uh, philanthropy that I think everybody can get involved with because we all have something to offer. So curious, like for an individual to get started with you, how do like where do they start? Do they meet with you and you talk them through like their different options of how they can get involved in philanthropy and see what resonates with them? Um and where they can start? Or is there like a physical plan that you walk them through in terms of like, hey, if you're looking at or considering about giving money or resources aside from volunteering, these are some things I would suggest and some kind of plans that are out there and ways that we could set it up over the next 20, 30 years or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are all really good, good points. Um, it really depends on where the individual kind of enters the equation. Um, a lot of my work is really around helping people that otherwise don't really see this need and see this opportunity to understand that there's a lot of ways for them to be involved with philanthropy. So getting them interested, um, of course, they need to discover if they don't already have one, a cause that matters to them in a, in a big way. Uh, can't be my favorite thing. It has to be their favorite thing, you know, that, that they want to have an impact on because it's touched their family or for some other reason, it's been important to them. So that's really critical to find that out. And for some people, <clears throat> we have to go through a real discovery process to understand what they value, what they really think is important so that we can get that figured out. We have to understand what it is they have to offer. Is it money? Is it time? Is it expertise? You know, what is it that they can really do? And, and kind of what role do they really want to play? Do they want to be the volunteer, the mentor, the leader of an organization or, you know, or just a philanthropist that's supporting and helping out? But if we can answer those questions, then we can usually get them uh, directed to the right place or the right kind of opportunity in front of them. And there's countless organizations and opportunities, of course, even locally for them to be involved with. So that's a big part of it. Uh, and the second part of it, if, if, if they're intending to be, uh, if they're intending to be uh, generous with their time, it's, it's a question typically, Tracy, of figuring out that they can afford to do that. Uh, financially, they're on a secure basis and they're going to have enough money for the rest of their life so that they don't have to worry about a paycheck anymore and they can go down and, and do that kind of thing. For others, it'll be more philanthropic and it's a question of really looking at what they can afford. You know, people don't want to sacrifice their family's future to be philanthropic, right? So, you know, what can they afford to give on a long going basis and still be uh, helpful and, and secure for their family's needs? And then finally, how to be strategic about this. You know, what does it make sense to do? What tools and resources and strategies should you be involving uh, to maximize your impact without hurting your family's needs? That is, what kind of assets can I be giving that uh, give us the biggest tax impact or create the best income for me and the family while giving and supporting the organization? So those are all key questions that we would look at through a plan or, or approach to uh, working together and working toward their future. I think most people want to know after they decide, and this is the reason this is so important to me, deciding where we want to go with the future, what we want to be involved with, what we want to support is really the key thing. You know, that's what you're looking to do. Your finances need to support that. In other words, they're the means. So if we figure out where we're going, then we can look at the means to provide for all of that. That's the financial advice, the planning and so forth that we do for that end. And then ultimately it's executing on that and, and being able to, to live that out as we go through the years. 
which I think is one super powerful because I think, I mean, where I see it is individuals need to think about this sooner rather than later, right? So it's something that someone can think about in their career currently in terms of what their next stage of life is going to be. Um, so I joke my other half is going to enter that stage very shortly, or he thinks he is, maybe not, <laughs> but, um, right? So he, um, while at the same time, like, it's not just like, hey, as I'm in retirement, I should think about these things, but really, because it, what you've highlighted for us, Richard, is it's really an evolution of thought and the process you're walking an individual through is almost that discovery phase of themselves. And that's not just going to happen in like six months to a year. Like you can't really put a time frame around it. So it almost sounds like individuals should consider this at any stage of their life in terms of defining significance. Obviously, it becomes more important, which totally makes sense once you hit a certain age or stage yeah. because of certain life stages that you've gone through already that create more of that financial ability to give back of those resources more so than um, you know, if you're trying to send your kid to college kind of phenomenon, but, um, that's one thing that really strikes me what you're describing or what really resonates is individuals should be thinking about this, hopefully at, at any point. And there's also something to think about the next generation, which is not only for oneself, but regardless of how old one's kids are, what, how do they want to define their life and, and the build the process of building wealth, right? Whether or not they inherit one day, the family, you know, dynasty or whatever, right? <laughs> but I mean, like, that also, I think, is something to think about, because they need something to, you know, sink their teeth in as they're developing their own education, their own career, and how they define their life. Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, when you're 35 or 40, you don't have to have all the answers to what your long-term future is going to look like. Uh but you might have, you know, kind of a target in the, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I'd really like to be shifting more of my focus and my attention toward, you know, these, these type of things. So I better get ready, mm -hmm. at least from a financial perspective, to do those things at that time. Uh, and we'll figure it out later. You know, we'll figure out what that looks like and where I'm going to be involved and so on and so forth. But I'm going to get ready now over, over the years ahead. I think the other aspect of this that you're bringing up that is so important is if we want our children to understand the importance of helping others. And I believe, again, as I said earlier, this is where real satisfaction, real lifetime significance comes from, is shifting your focus a little bit from your own needs and desires all the time to helping other people. And when we can do that, we achieve real significance. And I believe real satisfaction uh, around our time and our involvement and that kind of thing. So if we want our kids to learn that lesson and do that kind of thing when they grow up, best way to do it is to model it while you have the opportunity. And so you show them that you're spending time on that and, and demonstrate that you're supporting organizations uh, while you're, you're getting ready, you know, while you're, you're uh, going through your career and your life uh, at the time. So yeah, if you can do that, you can start building some connections in that regard and you can start showing you know your kids how important and valuable that is so that they see that as a normal part of life something that they're going to want to do when they get to be older as well well because i think a lot like um and this will probably resonate with some listeners like when you're on the daily grind of your career there are often times where 
that comes into question. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I getting up every morning to like go to work? Great. I earn a salary to like, or I earn a living wage to pay for things. Like I understand that aspect of it, but I'm not feeling the human connection, right? I'm not feeling the the human contribution that I'm making to changing the world or changing community. And I think like that significance is something that every human being needs to um, survive. And as you were talking, I was actually thinking about um, this book called The Go-Giver, which was given to me recently. And it's the whole phenomenon about in business, even that mentality of giving first, right? Mm -hmm. And I know you have your own book too, Richard, in terms of like, sharing more about how can people develop a, a heart of philanthropy and where to start. Cause sometimes I think oftentimes people are like, I want to give, I don't have time. I don't know where to start. Um, you know, like somebody help me. And I think what you've highlighted for us in today's conversation is you're one of those individuals who's really interested in walking people through that journey of that discovery and aligning that with some things that are our uh, deepest concerns, which is I want to give money, I want to be able to give, but I'm also fearful, or I'm also afraid of like, how will I also live? And that's a very natural human inclination. But what you're able to do is walk them through like overcoming that fear, like it is possible. I think what oftentimes we think we need to be Bill Gates, or we need to be Warren Buffett, or these uber wealthy people versus giving $10 a day or like, you know, $10 a month or a dollar. I mean, it's not how much like that quantity, but it's how far does that dollar or that money go in terms of how it could help another person? Well, yeah. And, oh, I'm getting into data. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you know, part of that is your area of work of, of measuring the uh, impact that some of these things have, but, but, you know, you're absolutely correct. Um, uh, I, I have a kind of a perspective and philosophy, uh, and I try to address this on a regular basis that, you know, there is philanthropy for the rest of us, not just the Uber, Uber wealthy, yeah, you know, exactly. the Zuckerbergs and the Gateses and, you know, those kind of people. And that, yes, we all can be involved in this in one way or another. We can give what we can give. And, and you know, nobody is here to, I think, judge people about how much mm -hmm. or how little they're giving, you know. It, the point I would try to make to people is that more of us should be participating in it. This is the key to living better lives, you know, to having a richer experience out of things. And so whether it's, uh, you know, a thousand dollars a year or 10,000 or a hundred thousand or, you know, whatever it is. And if it's not money, it's your, your, your knowledge, your experience. You know, if you're willing to contribute that for the betterment of other people through organizations that can use that money effectively, that time and resource uh, effort, you know, effectively to, to have an impact on the lives of other people, you will gain the rewards that are unlike pretty much anything else in life. And I believe each of us deserves that, should have that experience and should know what that's like so that we'll want to continue to participate in it. I know that's had that impact on me, you know, uh, in my life. And I, I just, you know, again, it's kind of a mission I'm on. I'm, you know, sorry to go back to it, but, but, but you know, to get more people to see that and to engage in that so that they get the experience of that. And of course, our society benefits by the, the greater impact that, that we all have when we do this. So it's not about quantity, it's kind of about quality of mm -hmm. uh, our lives and what we're doing there. 
and we all can participate. We all should participate, you know, at different stages and uh, of our lives. And I hope, you know, ultimately for those of us that are closer to the end than the beginning, you know, we, you know, we know that this is really the key to to living a really successful second half of life. And, and as I put it, others put it, I actually stole it, the line, but it, it's how we finish our lives really well. And well, and I think it's life for me. It's like I share in that in the sense, like, I believe very strongly in life legacy. And a part of that um, really hit me, I think, at my age when we lost our son, primarily because of how life was cut short at such, after like four or five days. But that in and of itself really made me more fully understand life, having gone through that. And so I think life legacy is what, what do we live for, right? So people used to say, do you live to work or do you work to live, right? There's all these different thoughts, schools of thought in terms of why we do what we do. And I think what you've highlighted very clearly, and I hope for listeners that are listening to us is we all need some sort of significance, but also like to give in whatever capacity or in whatever way, like you said, whether or not it's resources of time or money, whatever it is, how, whatever it looks like for the individual, there is no judgment. But if each one of us does it, like how much better a community, a world, a people, a people group, a humanity would we become? Like that's when I think about that, it's, it, it blows my mind. Cause I can't even see it. Like I can't even picture, but it, it's yeah. powerful. Can you imagine? Yeah. That, I mean, it is a pretty powerful image of the future that's possible, but I'll, I'll tell you, Tracy, uh, you know, it is again, starts with the individual. And I think this is a kind of an individual thing. Um, yes. Most of us, at least the people I work with, and I'm sure, you know, you know, we, we work to live, you know, I mean, that really is how we get along and, and manage uh, our lives and, and are able to help our families and all the rest of that. But um, it's not uncommon. And this is the other group of people I kind of work with a lot. It's not uncommon for people to be good at their business, do something for 20 years and go, this is great. It's paying the bills. I'm good at it, you know, but it's not so satisfying. It's kind of getting boring. You know, it's the same old thing all day in and day out. And, and I believe that, that, you know, they're not ready by any means to leave the business world and retire. Uh, so they're going to keep working, but they ought to find a way to do that. That brings a little more joy and, and fulfillment in their lives that gets them excited again. And, and I think the answer can be, okay, align your business with helping somebody else in a cause or, you know, in a way. Um, sometimes they're real natural alignments where you you know, your business is very much, you know, along that line. Others are not, but, but it doesn't matter. You have decided it's important for me to help kids or to help, you know, animals or whatever where it happens to be. And you go out and do that kind of thing. So that's fulfilling in its own self. But you can also share that uh, with the rest of the world, that that's something that's important to you. It's not bragging. It is sharing and it's showing other people that this is something they can do. And it makes you stand out as a different kind of a business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in my field or a lot of other professions, you all look alike, you know, and we, we all seem similar. So why should I work with you and not the next guy, you know, is the all common question that a consumer asks. And if they know that, well, you're really excited about helping other people in this particular cause or arena, okay, now I can remember something about you that's a little different. I appreciate that you're helping others. 
you stand out to me a little bit more and maybe I'd rather do business with you than the next guy because of that. So it can be a real win-win situation for people who are getting to that point in life. It's what I did in my career, you know, found that I needed that kind of a shift in focus to, to stay in the business arena and really decide I wanted to continue to do this for a long time because I knew I could help other people in a, in a way that was very, very rewarding to me. And lots of us can do that kind of thing and have that kind of impact with our business continue to do it but now make it a little more enjoyable a little more fun a little more rewarding and guess what you know it may be a little more successful too because we're doing that oh totally uh, because i think we're people of heart right humanity is people of heart and we need that in the things that we do on a day-to-day basis to not only help us get through the tough times right but like to 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 live and breathe that and to feel like you're contributing on some level. I, I truly believe individuals want to know that they are changing something either about themselves or others. And that's, you know, what you're highlighting is how can, how can individuals start to discover that about themselves? What I love is it's this discovery. Um, it's not just going to hit you one day and maybe for some it does, right? It hits you one day and you've got it all figured out and boom, this is how I'm going to change the world. But for most of us, it's an evolution. And it's, I think, seeking individuals like yourself, Richard, where it's like, how can someone like, if I want to volunteer, where do I go? Right. Or if I want to get started somewhere, I'm afraid to say that, but I honestly don't know who can I reach out to, um, to ask some questions and you know i've heard that oftentimes people are like i want to volunteer i want to give tell me where to go like give me some you know directions so i i see you as that direction that direction or that map or that that um partner to help people do that so super I've worked thrilled. Hard for a number of years to be that map yeah that direction and i appreciate it yeah you can call me you can ask me i can show you lots of different ways to uh, find some answers for that but yeah it's I'm just excited when I see more people asking that question. So I'm super thrilled to have you. And I appreciate your time, Richard, for joining us today, just so you could share, you know, what is it that you do and why do you do it? But also how does it help individuals and hopefully, you know, really inspires all of us to um, really give back and really ask ourselves some of these discovery questions and hopefully inspire each other and encourage each other to support each other as a community to contribute of our heart, whatever way that, whatever way it looks, right? It doesn't matter how it looks. It's just being able to, I think, bridge humanity. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Tracy. If I can say one last thing, I'd say, you know, you don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be a CEO or run a Fortune 500 company to be involved. We, we all have something we can contribute. But you will need to be willing to challenge yourself to focus on the different ways that you can actually make an impact on the lives of other people. So are you ready for that? Let's do it. (laughs) Thank you, Richard. All right. Thanks, Tracy. Great talking to you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as The Mark USA. 
We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.